Uh, welcome to another episode of the Grim and Bloody Podcast. Tonight we are happy to kick off our Spooky Empire Film Festival series that kicks off October 27th. Uh, we will be hosting a number of filmmakers that were accepted to their film festival. And tonight we have the writer and director duo uh, behind the film Santa Stein. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you. Thank you. We have Thank you. Benjamin Thank Edelman you. and Manuel Chameleon. I hope I pronounced your last name right, Manuel. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well done. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, thank you for taking the time and uh, coming on the show and uh, talking about your film. Um, so it's screening opening night at Spooky Empire. Um, obviously, it's in the film festival circuit, so we will avoid uh, spoilers wherever possible here. And we will, as I like to say, we will sell the sizzle. Uh, we will sell the reason why you're going to want to go to Spooky Empire in Florida to watch your film among many of the other wonderful ones uh, that have been lined up. Um, but let me go ahead and introduce my co-hosts first. Uh, Kevin Nicholson, how are you doing, Kevin? I'm doing fine. Looking forward to uh, to discuss film and uh, seeing how much we can degrade Santa Claus. You <laughs> <Yeah>. know. <laughs> I'll watch a, a, a holiday horror film. That's it. Any time of the year, especially if you turn Santa into a sociopathic killer, uh, I'm all for it. Mm -hmm. uh, Al Omega, hosted Creature Feature Show. How you doing, Al? I'm holding up. Getting ready to be very busy on the airlines. Oh, yes, because Al Omega will be in Spooky Empire. He'll be recording the Grim and Bloody podcast. Thank you so much, Al, for taking time and going out there and representing the podcast. It's very much appreciated. Yes. I uh, don't know which filmmakers we're going to have lined up for you. Uh, but you will have your customary table. Uh, you will most likely be in the lobby. And, My first uh, time is customary. Yes, yes. Uh, but let's put the that focus back on our two guests tonight, uh, Benjamin and Manuel. Once again, Hello. thank you uh, for coming on. And we'll jump right into Santa Steen. Uh, I know we have some questions prepared. Uh, but my first one is, why the heck Santa? Why Santa? Everybody does Santa, but this one was done differently. Tell me uh, what inspired you to say, you know what, let's do a Christmas horror film. We're going to do Santa. We're going to throw some Frankenstein elements in there. Uh, how'd that start? Well, Ben, if you don't mind, I'll go ahead and take point of this. So there's a number of reasons why we wanted to make this particular movie. But the main question we, the, I think the main, the most important one is Ben and I realized that for whatever reason, every time we were watching, you know, a, a Christmas horror movie involving Santa, there was always some kind of Santa derivative, some guy dressed up as Santa, some Santa animatronic, but like no one ever really went ahead and made santa himself like like the, the killer it's, it's, it's a killer santa claus so what ben and i were thinking about is like okay like what what circumstances could we could we put santa through that that would that would make this uh, a tale of vengeance for him well what story elements can we pull from that so um i had been wanting to make a, a frankenstein movie for a really long time and then uh the opportunity presented itself for us to make a christmas movie instead and i turned to ben and i was like okay ben you know can you compromise with me here you know how about we uh, we we blend it to make a a Frankenstein Santa a Santa Stein if you will and that was the the origin of the idea to begin with but yeah I would say it mostly stemmed from the idea of wanting to just go ahead and commit to making Santa the full on killer you know you know he's got 
a little twist here and there, so he's not fully the original Santa, but the the spirit of it is still the same. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, Frankenstein is a heavily referenced, you know, um, story. People will always recognize elements pulled from that uh, from that classic story. So to be able to take some of our favorite elements from Mary Shelley's story to kind of apply it to just something goofy and funny and absurd is kind of what we wanted to go for here. We wanted to make it fun, funny, you know. Now, see, I'll take it a step further that what I observed that you were not only pulled from Frankenstein for this film, but you also pulled from, there's elements from Halloween. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. There's elements from Wes Craven's deadly friend. Uh, I noticed, which is what you're about. It's about the, um, the, the young boy, the young, the young man who recreates um, Santa basically tries to revive uh, Santa because he, you know, was instrumental. I mean, he, he plays a key part in the whole, you know, story uh, and uh, and so forth. So he has a personal reason why he's trying to revive Santa and uh, so forth. And similar to Wes Craven's, uh, you know, Deadly Friend, where the, uh, where the, uh, uh, the young scientist hero is trying to revive his girlfriend and uh, so forth. So I kind of felt that there was something there. But... Uh, you know, but Halloween uh, was quite uh, was quite a bit. Um, were there other like you know, other influences uh, for you two on this uh, on this film, not just Frankenstein? Well, I mean, you hit it on the head with Halloween. I mean, for uh, yeah. for those who see the yeah. movie, there we 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 do the shot, we do the opening shot. We had to do it, and we wanted to do it, and um, sure, and. Um, sure. But you, you yeah. also, you not only have the opening shot, but you have the security guard or the, uh, yep. you have the cop uh, who is, becomes determined. He has to be the guy that stops him, that stops, uh, you know, Santa. So he's, I'm, I'm thinking Donald Pleasance, Dr. Mm-hmm. Loomis, yeah. you know, this whole, uh, this whole thing. And one of the, and some of the, you know, the bodies coming from the morgue and all this stuff. So, you know, there's one whole scene where uh, the, where the, uh, the cop character gets out of the uh, uh, out of the car and he's like puts on a vest and mm-hmm. he puts on you know he arms himself and it's like this is Donald Pleasance all over uh, you know all over again <laughs> definitely I'm gonna stop this guy this is gonna be my you know my thing I gotta save the day you know yeah no absolutely I mean you think of Halloween four too with Return of Michael Myers I love the uh the end of that when it's basically what the entire police department is just out of commission and and gone to go after michael myers um i i i love that series and um i you know we both manny and i too love uh these small town vibe movies you know even extending Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know past the horror genre just kind of that uh small town feel i know manny has a few other influences that he uh brought to the table but i'm a a little controversial my goodness you're your budget on on this though this does not look like a low budget film well thank you <laughs> this does not look i i know i mean i was noticing like some of the electric effects the electricity the lightning effects i was like i kept thinking am i watching a low budget film or am i watching bloomhouse uh well, doing, uh, you know, that's really this. that's this really flattering we, that's flattering we were gonna make this with the budget we had or no budget you know we were we had our crew ready to go we had our cast 
Um, we had shooting dates set kind of before our Kickstarter went live. So we, you know, for those out there who don't know, we funded this completely through Kickstarter on kind of had the ball rolling so we were going to make it with no money or a little bit of money so thankfully we were able to get a little bit in there you made it look better than it you know better than the budget then uh certainly i think manuel had a question on the previous topic uh manuel right you you had a thought you wanted to put in no i mean we were talking about inspirations right. but i mean i think you know we're well past that at this point but uh i was gonna say a quick one in in adult age you know as a, as a young young growing spud of a, of a filmmaker for whatever reason i was a big fan of the friday the 13th genre oh, so my that. whole yes. thing was was I, I wanted I wanted uh, I wanted Santa to have that kind of like Jason Voorhees looming energy. You know, there's just something about him that's like so like big on screen. So like you, there's nothing you can do to him. So every time we were doing things, I would tell Ben, I'm like, hey, you know, like however we frame this, like let's just make Santa be like like he's he's a juggernaut. He's he's an unstoppable force. There's nothing like if you see him in the room, like you're best off just turning around and running because you're not you're not this isn't scream. You're not going to be able to punch the ghost face like. You're, you're you're screwed in that situation so yeah that's that's the, the two cents i had not but uh yeah what ben was saying about the budget is true we were uh determined to go ahead and make this i mean the short film we had made uh that this is based on was actually one we managed to pull off for 300 just like 300 dollars. but we had so much support from friends around us that we were able to pull together a 15 minute film and ben and i naively thought okay well you know what we were able to make 15 dollars 15 minutes of 300 dollars you know like maybe just a couple a couple more and we'll be able to make a full feature so we we had the right spirit at least for this it takes what? a village right <laughs> well, well, that's that's great you know, we, go ahead al thank you we were talking about the budget there and i have to say for the most part there's no part of this that actually looked jumps up and says they didn't have enough money. When I watch a movie, I pay attention. Uh, if there's that scene where you said, they just went cheap with this. Or, or I should say it a little bit differently. I accept a movie because many of the movies we watch are not high budget movies. I accept a movie if it has a scene in it where they could have used more money. I get upset when I see a scene where they just get lazy and slap something in there because it's convenient. And I don't see that in this film. Uh, there were one or two effects that were digital that I would have preferred to see as practical that wouldn't have been that hard, but I understand these probably came, they were afterthoughts. That happens sometimes. Mm -hmm. So it, it was it was nice to see the movie put together. A lot of the uh, a lot of the energy really did feel like it was from the 80s. Uh, how the lighting was done, especially the house, very 80s-like in a lot of ways. Uh, and we were talking about some of the classic 80s horror movies. Uh, were you actually thinking about that with the lighting? Because that's really what I noticed. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, one of the, when we were doing the Kickstarter, one of the rewards we had for people, uh, which we're still waiting on, on the printing of to, to get it out there, but we wanted to go ahead and produce these uh, VHS tapes version of it with like a little sleeve and everything not to watch you know no one has a vhs player anymore unless you're <laughs> unless you do but i i certainly don't but it, you know it's just it, there was certainly a style we were going for where we were like okay you know we want to pay tribute to this to these movies we had growing up uh that that inspired this drama so that was that was definitely our intent when we were going for it yeah with practical effects i mean we always had sam raimi with evil dead series in our mind with uh 
you know, how can we pull off whatever we're thinking of, no matter how dumb it is with something practical, you know, whether it be someone sledding down the hill on a broken off car door or whether it be a rat that comes to life, you know, how, how can we do this with uh, <laughs> practically in camera? All right. I, I actually, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Val. I'm going to have his question here in just a second. I have one more. All right. So we've, we've told people now that Santa's the bad guy as, as it were. Hmm. Was there ever an option while you're writing this that Santa gets better that he recovers somehow? One of the most important observations that somebody made when I showed them this movie is they told me that I had made a movie about a boy and his dog. We had made a movie about a boy and his dog, you know, a, a boy that has a dog that he loves very much and the dog is getting aggressive and the boy can't come to terms with the fact that his dog is no longer the dog that it used to be. Oh, and yeah, yeah basically. And uh, I had actually just gotten a dog when we started making this movie and I was having this like, painful realization and it, it, the movie hurt the movie definitely hurt to make our, our actor michael vidovich definitely uh worked to bring out a lot of the more humane aspects in the character you know when we wrote it we were dumb we were naive we just wrote it oh yeah santa growls and he was like but why but why is santa growling more he, he was so santa brain. growls and santa <laughs> feels <laughs> yeah he, he was able to bring feeling to the character and it definitely uh i mean Max says something at the end of the movie in the final in the final moments uh, that I don't want to give away the moment, but essentially that reflect our feelings of the fact that the situation is certainly regrettable and there's a lot of a lot of tragedy that like builds up to you know it's silly it's fun it's plastic but deep down there is there is a very human element to it that that we think was that leads me into um, a question that I had um, uh, pre written it involves. Um, uh, Max's character uh, and without giving away spoilers um, you mentioned boy and his dog uh, that, that couldn't be any more true because um, the film is uh, centered on you know a little boy that has a tragedy in the beginning right uh, Santa is off um, he grows up with this pain uh, and regret and as he gets older he finds a way to resurrect Santa um, but the elation of bringing back Santa, though, is obviously short-lived because Santa is actually more now like Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. <laughs> um, and also, um, for go ahead and talk about um, uh, the, the actor who plays this because he has quite the journey from beginning to end, uh, played by Jared Cording uh, Coro Tinkin. Coro oh, Jared, Jared Corokin. Thank you. Um, uh, for such a, 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 a young lad, he has to carry uh, the movie pretty much quite a ways um, all the way. Um, so I want to hear a little bit about what you were looking for from the actor and um, how you felt that he, he conveyed uh, the different ranges of emotion uh, leading to the end. And also um, you know, talking about Santa and you making him this uh, uh, monster, this this you know, a uh, dominable character. Um, he has one small change um, that most other uh, Christmas horror films or even just Christmas films uh, get away from. And it's almost an unwritten rule. Um, you want to tease that a little bit? 
you can start with either one. Yeah, I mean, I'll uh, shout out both to both Jared and Michael for uh, Jared Karakin playing our lead, uh, um, Max Causey, and Michael Vitovich playing Santa Stein, the monster. And yeah, I mean, uh, Manny touched on it that Michael really brought a lot of humanity to the role. He, um, you know, something that we always had in the script was that Santa still was remembering parts of being Santa. You know, he is created with the brain of Santa Claus that Max has kept in his lab for all these years. So those pieces of him, of a, of a happy, you know, jolly figure that gives out presents, that is kind to kids, it, it comes, but he's also unstable. He is this monster. He is this killer. And what Jared... You know, I want to say one thing about Jared is that his favorite actor is Nicolas Cage. <laughs> and the one thing he always <laughs> wants to do is, as he says, quote, go full Nicolas Cage. Unfortunately, that is not the role we gave him. <laughs> but alas, he's still... Um, you go on YouTube really... and look for full Nicolas Cage, and it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he really brought a lot of heart to you. He understood that this was a character that lost so much and was trying so hard to regain what he lost but it, it's it's all the character is all about letting go. It's about realizing that you have to not only bring others in, but let go the things that you once might have held so dear, which to him was this uh, was this idea of kind of purity and and safeness. And that safeness is ripped away partially by himself, and he doesn't have to reckon with that himself. He can allow others to help him. And Jared does a very good job at playing this outcast who slowly but surely brings people in well i'm gonna say what i i noticed was that the uh, you you go without a beard for santa for a while and that opens up a range of expression on his face uh that you don't see you know uh, ordinarily i think it makes his character creepier uh, uh a little bit when he is I, I in agree. full I menace, it, it does both you know, yeah. menace mode, yeah, and so that to me, and there's also a certain sense of pathos when you look in his eyes and and uh, and, and so forth. Uh, was that something that you just consciously wanted to do? Hey, we're already toying with resurrecting Santa in, in a in a horror film. Let's go all the way. Let's just take out his beard. Let's take out you know everything. Is that something that you did by design? Yes, but the real reason for it is because there was just <laughs> something. It, it was a, it was one of those happy little accidents, right? I mean, I'm sure Michael was thrilled okay. to not have to wear a beard for most of the scenes, and it definitely allowed him to huh. to bring out a lot of creepy moments where he gives us creepy smiles, and you do see a full yeah, range. I of was it. thinking what that we, too. What we were really looking for yeah. was this kind of sense of incompleteness with the character that uh he finds throughout the movie you know we wanted we wanted that michael myers putting on the mask moment like that's what we were mm -hmm. we were looking for as as far as like how the stakes of the movie keep increasing how does santa keep coming back to his original self and becoming this this uh more mythological going from corpse to mythology and it ended up being this perfect moment where halfway throughout the movie he finds a he finds a beard to put on at a, at a convenience store and uh voila becomes his old self again and it ends up being a, a large part of the character development 
uh, of his character mm-hmm. development as he starts like rationalizing everything that's happened to him. Obviously, a lot of this goes unspoken for him, but it's. it's but it's, but it's Kevin, you're sad. you're absolutely right that you know it was it was through not having that beard on in those early days of filming that we realized the potential with seeing Michael's face and his range of emotions that he could bring to that character. It's also a risk because uh, I was mentioning like almost the unwritten rule of removing the beard from Santa because it, it Santa is just so synonymous, right? With the mm-hmm. full beard. Um, I'm thinking of Michael Douglas in his uh, Christmas movie. What was the name? Kevin? I'm sure you know, or Al. Uh, Michael Douglas, uh, Santa Claus. I mean, it was, he had the perfect look. He looked like he could have been Santa. Like if he came down your chimney, right? You're like, that's not Michael Douglas. That's Santa, right? But it, it's just that look. So when you remove that, or um, the uh, um, uh, Deadly Night that oh, um, came out last that. year, um, from which yeah. director from uh, oh wow, I just totally blanking today. Violent <laughs> Night, you're talking about Violent yeah. Night, yeah, yeah Violent yeah. Night, yeah. Yeah. Um, With, uh, David Harbor, right? David Harbor, mm-hmm. yeah, there you go. Um, but you're right; it's it's so hard to get emotion when half of your what you already have the hat on, and then you have you know forty percent of your face is covered with white hair it, it, it's a, it's almost near impossible to to get any facial expressions going on so by removing it you do get the facial expressions but you're also risking people saying well that, that's not santa right santa has a white beard so you, you have to suspend reality just for a little bit and and think this is the santa that lost his beard that as, as you're mentioning he's regaining he's becoming his old self um i, I like that journey into itself this movie is multi-layered in that fact and it's probably you know if not one of the reasons why uh it was selected by spooky empire and uh if you gentlemen don't mind i would like to kind of segue and talk about um your experience uh with spooky so far i know it's premiering october 27th opening night uh, but tell me a little bit about uh, as a filmmaker you are given uh you know a limited budget to submit to different festivals and everyone has, you know, a, a short list of who they were looking at. Uh, tell me why you submitted the Spooky. And um, are you guys going to be there uh, on October 27th? Yeah, we'll be there. Um, we will be there. I, I can answer this because I have uh, I was the one who reached out to uh, Alea. Um, I, I really hope that's how I pronounce her name. I've talked to her once. She's very nice. And she she's is, been yes. very Alea, And she's been very good with helping us through this process. Uh, the full and honest truth, we premiered at uh, Popcorn Frights in Fort Lauderdale. And there's a, whenever I go to a new city, I like to go to a VHS store to see what they're selling. So I stopped by this VHS store and the guy there actually said, have you heard of Spooky Empire? So I immediately looked into it. It looked awesome. I just wanted to go as a fan. But then I noticed that there was a film festival component and we had missed the deadline. And I called Manny and I was upset that we had missed the deadline. But I uh, I, I, t- I took a chance. I called the number on the Film Freeway website. It went right to Alea, who said that she was sitting down um, with her team to just start reviewing the submissions <laughs> and that we had called it just the right moment. And they allowed me to they allowed us to submit late, and uh, and thankfully they uh, they liked the movie enough to give us a chance to premiere for opening night, which is a wow. thrill. I didn't know there was a feel good story about it. That's me. Yeah. <laughs> so are you going to be going wearing the tuxedo and so forth, red carpet, you know, whole thing opening night? Is that how you're going to do? How you're going to do your entrance? 
Well, we always debate which one of us is actually going to be the one dressed up as Santa Claus. Right now, Ben's got a longer beard than I do, so I'm, I'm thinking it's going to end up being... I'll be wearing a tuxedo. I think that you'll be seeing See? Ben with a red hat. Yeah, time Congrats. just a little over a month. <laughs> now, ben, now, Benjamin Emmanuel's probably you know doing a little quick shaving. I don't want to be Santa. No. No, I uh, probably wouldn't wear a Santa costume. It is Florida, after all. It's probably going to be in the <laughs> mid eighties. Humidity index of a hundred. <laughs> you know when our uh, when our actor would uh, walk around, you know when we'd be shipping him around town in the Santa suit to set, people would go up and want to take photos with him. They'd be like, "What is going on right now?" And then, then when the makeup went on him too, it was like, "Oh gosh!" Like, oh, okay, <laughs> something going on here. So, Joe, you got some questions? Oh, I did. And Del, you guys took over the whole show. Oh, I'm sorry, Joe. It's all yours now. Go for no, it, Joe. Gee, uh, forget it. I'm walking. No, um, <laughs> no. It, it's just like I only had like a, I want to say congratulations on the opening night. Uh, my you. only major question was: Can you tell us about the cast and how you got them all together? For sure. So um, Jared was somebody that we had been going to, to school with, uh, who on a whim decided to apply to audition for the short film and uh, and ended up being the most look looked like he would bring somebody back to life after a horrible mistake of all of them. And we we're like, OK, Jared, like, don't take this the wrong way, but you got the part. So <laughs> it ended up working out great for him. And then um Michael Vitovich was actually somebody I had met on a feature film that a friend of mine had been making. It was called The The Last Thanksgiving, directed by Eric Lawrence, uh, where he played this um, this monstrous pilgrim. He was just like the largest person I had ever met in my life. He he was uh, at least like two feet taller than me, was just like very heavy set, a, a looming character. And I thought, I, I have to ask him. I have to ask him if he'd be if he'd be willing to play to play Santa Claus. And uh, you know, he <laughs> was he was certainly reluctant. He was like, "Is it is it really the 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 right career choice for me to to accept a role playing a killer Santa Claus?" But uh, I think we're all very very happy that he said yes because uh, I think he he really knocked out of the park. So those are two main actors. Uh, ben, anyone anything you want to add on them too? And they keep going down the cast list. Job. They both did. I know our, our whole job. Our whole cast was fantastic. I mean, we shout out Ophelia Rivera, who played uh, Paige mm -hmm. Byers. She's the uh, other lead in the film. Um, she's fantastic in her role. Um, a fan favorite of people's is Kaylee Hayner's Michaela. Um, Michaela's kind of the, um, the I guess the, the <laughs> no, no, that's actually no, um, that's, that's Katie. That's Katie. Oh my um, gosh, she was so Michaela, good. Yeah, Michaela's the nerdy um, friend who's kind of being screwed over by the bullies. She's a fan favorite. Everyone comes up to us saying, we need more of her. Why, why is there not more of her? Um, Damien Edwards, who plays Edgar. He's the uh, makeshift cop, the, the morgue guy. He's fantastic. And then uh, Fernando Morales and Heather Fish are um, round out the cast, as well with Leo Pereira, who's one of our producers. Manny, tell, us that. tell them how one of our producers landed one of the, one of the main roles here. Well, see, we were having a, a hard time uh, finding someone to play the role of Peter. And then we turned to one of our producers, 
and we asked him like hey would you would you be interested in helping us out with doing the part and he was like if it'll save us money then yeah i'll, I'll do the part so because because here's the thing we he was the last role to cast so we were doing some table reads with some of the people we had with us and he would he would substitute in for that character and the more we heard him do it we were like you're the guy <laughs> you're the guy so you're gonna have to do double the work for us for the same exact paycheck let me let me throw out that i, I will say that heather fish may have been the star of the film uh you know for me because she was so good i wanted i wanted sandestine to, to kill that <laughs> her character she but she is realistic she's every like you know rich college age young uh young elitist uh i don't young elitist white girl you know the you, white privilege kind of character and she really plays it so uh so well and just a little over the top but not so much that you really stand out as camp so she's you know she's doing that and i'm like i'm loving it because i'm hating her if you can say that yeah you know, she's throughout the, the you know, opposite throughout the of that opposite of that in real life <laughs> right but she really takes it to what she really does it well with uh with gusto and i just i look forward to the to the moment where she gets hers and when her boyfriend uh grabs the girl who's out by the pool and shoves her down mm -hmm. i was thinking for that to culminate in a face-off of the two santas now <laughs> which one's the bad santa because of course he wasn't a very good guy to start with so <laughs> mm -hmm. But you resolved it well. I have a question though. Who how did who decided to come up with a uh, a Playboy edition of Mrs. Claus and a masturbation scene? Uh, you know, with one of the characters that had me rolling on the floor. I I am ashamed <laughs> to admit that uh, that's had my impression written all over it. Uh, <laughs> Ben helped me come up with the sleigh boy. So spoiler you know, free, these movies are rated. <laughs> Parking. Everybody, if you see him at the convention, give him a little bottle of hand lotion. He needs it. <laughs> um yeah, he was a good sport for, oh. that, for that scene. <laughs> well, we don't want to give too much away. Um no, no, but it was I, just I think we got maybe like five percent. I was going for three percent. We got the five percent. So <laughs> no, whatever, whatever brings people to the movie, we'll tell the whole thing. We can reenact it right here. But we're selling the sizzle. <laughs> see, we, we got we got psychopathic Santa. We got uh, chicken Santa uh, or elf outfit. We have uh, masturbation scene. We have drownings. We have stabbings. Mm -hmm. We have electrocutions. Uh, what else? What am I? What else? Car cars sledding down a hill. Car sledding. <laughs> Yeah, everything is in this movie, and you need to go see it. Uh, it's going to be premiering October 27th, opening night at Spooky Empire Film Festival. Uh, but before we go, uh, yeah, oh, I see you me, waving me, there. Me, me, waving. me, he, he, he is Pick me. Oh, final I'm question, sorry. man. Go ahead. Oh, uh, no, He's doing no, shower puppets. That question yeah, is burning I'm inside shadow of you. Puppet. Let it free. No, uh, I was going to say before we end, as always, gentlemen, where can our listeners follow you guys? Uh, so Ben is pretty big on Twitter. So <laughs> you can uh, you can definitely find Ben on Twitter. Uh, 
our movie is pretty easy to follow on Instagram. You know, we are, we are, uh, we, we do, we do have a pretty big, uh, there's a lot of our, our artwork and a lot of our journey, oh, nice. uh, leading nice. up to I love the, that stuff. Here, let me yeah, pull up our up actual Kickstarter. It's a Santa Stein movie. If you want to find us on Instagram. Yeah. Perfect. Santa Stein yeah. movie. It has a lot of our, a lot of our Kickstarter journey on there and a lot of our BTS is in the tags because our producer, our producer was, she's so cool. Shout out to him. We haven't actually mentioned him this whole podcast. Uh, so he was actually, um, as far as like glue is concerned, definitely made sure that the the on set culture was always going on. He was always going around and making uh, behind the scenes like reels for each day of the production and making sure that everyone was like enjoying themselves and having fun. And I think uh, ultimately it's a lot of that spirit that ended up making it through to the movie. So yeah, definitely if you go to our Instagram. We have a lot of stuff posted on there. Nice. That, that. And, and if you go to our YouTube, which you can find the same way, just searching Santa Stein, uh, our producer, which she's edited, I think like eight to 12 different vlogs of each day of shooting up to a certain point, because we actually had to split our filming in half. But nice. we, uh, we got a good part of it on video record. So I know Al mentioned it before. Um, we don't get a lot of high budget films here, but he was impressed with the lighting. Um I was impressed, and uh, I apologize for not mentioning this earlier. Um, I was impressed with the camera work. Um, I don't know what kind of camera you used, what kind of rigging looked, maybe sometimes like a steady we, cam. Or, or we used a, a man named Luis Afiuni. <laughs> used a man. There you go. Um, the camera work was was mainstream Hollywood uh, level of professionalism. Um, it was crisp. It was clear. It was smooth when it had to be um the framing was perfect um those have the hallmarks of a film that had meticulous attention to the the photography part and uh, we can appreciate that because it it brings everything else out in the frame uh, so we don't have to worry about you know the, the shot is off on an angle we see it all here uh we you know when you uh do independent uh film review you know, we see the the full spectrum um this film had the look of a a moderate to you know decent sized budget um studio film um with actors who um not only knew their script um but they knew the characters behind the script and it shows in the film uh so when you can achieve that level of skill uh as you two have done uh, i think the end product speaks for itself very kind words thank you well look at i'll tell you what look for anybody who's going to watch the films the first time, look at the exterior scenes, the outdoor scenes, looking up at the sky from an angle, the storm, uh, you know, scenes. Those are as well done as well as anything I think you could see even in a bigger budget, uh, you know, film. You see the swirling, uh, you know, winds, the swirling clouds, and you see the electricity. I want, I'd like to find out how you got those electrical shots to work so well inside the uh, the laboratory and. Uh, and outside that could come off as so cheap looking if it's uh if it's uh cgi and it just it looks uh, amazing it looks impressive Manny, tell, tell them about the wonderful tool manny uh a wind machine was our was actually our best friend to make the we had actually we we rented this fan and we didn't we didn't understand how powerful it would be it was the first time we had been working with such a thing and we turned it on and suddenly it was creating this whirlwind throughout the entire like garage that we were filming in and like we could hardly hear ourselves speaking through it uh combined that with some fog and this um our production designer for the scene danny shanti produced this this um 
machination that had these like Edison bulbs that we managed to like flick on and on. We had this, uh, it was the dumbest thing. We wanted a machine that would create lightning. And the thing is that the way the machine worked is that it went off of sound as in like you would play a lightning sound and it would make mm. like a lightning effect. So we would have somebody on set just oh, that like awesome. blowing, blowing into the thing, like making like that is freaking awesome. Everyone so, like, wanted had... to use it. <laughs> yeah, everyone like, like, can I be on the everyone can I be on my That is awesome. Yeah. God, we love horror. See what happens when you get some people on a set and you say, "We need to figure this out. What can we do? This is how much money we got. We need to. We want this shot." And you figure it out and you start thinking outside the box. That's why we love horror because you just get to see this crazy stuff. Congratulations on the film. Yeah. Um, uh, Al, do you want to take one, us out? Well, I have one more quick question. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, by all means, um, please. Okay. Uh, in the lab scene, there's a big switch he pulls, and that looks like that's actually connected to a high-attention wire insulator, which I'm pretty sure it's not. Did that? Have, I mean, it's a prop you made. Why would you? Why did you make that? Well, you said it looked deadly, and we wanted it to look deadly. <laughs> okay, awesome. It's dangerous, kiddos. <laughs> Don't touch. <laughs> uh, I think he's muted. Oh, you're muted, Al. There you go. There you go. There you go. It's okay. There we go. It's weird. Every now and then a window pops up here. Well, with that, we're going to take this out. Everyone should watch your movie. I look forward to seeing you at uh, SpookyCon. Uh, and uh, I should be doing a podcast. So stop by and say hi. So with that, watch horror films. Keep America strong. That's our show. Thank you, Thank you very much, Benjamin. Thank you, Manuel, for stopping by and Thank you, guys. Uh, talking about Santa Stein. Once again, October 27th, Spooky Empire Film Festival, uh, part of opening night. Go see it. Yes. Have a good night. Everyone. Thank you all very much. Have a good night. Thanks, guys. Have-